Green Tea Conversations, the radio show that delves into the pages of Natural Awakenings magazine to bring you the local experts who share their progressive ideas and the latest information and insights needed so you can lead your best life. I'm your host, Candy Brothel, publisher of the Twin Cities edition of Natural Awakenings magazine, and I am honored to bring these experts to you. Today on our show, we are visiting with Linda Conroy, the owner of Moonwise Herbs out of Stoughton, Wisconsin. Linda is a practicing herbalist who, who provides herbal education, workshops, and apprenticeships, as well as individual consultations and an herb store on her website. Linda is a community organizer and the founder of the Midwest Women's Herbal Conference. Welcome to our show, Linda. Thank you, Candy. I'm delighted to be here. And we are so excited to have you with us today because we are talking everything mushrooms. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited about this. So uh, before we get started with that, though, I want to just kind of briefly mention for our listeners that the Midwest Women's Herbal Conference is hosting your fourth annual Mycelium Mysteries Virtual Conference on September 25th through the 27th, which we're going to talk more about later in the show. But it's important for me to kind of mention now because it is the first time that the Mycelium Mysteries Conference has been offered as a virtual event. Correct. It is. Yes, we're excited. We're able to reach a wider audience than our on-site, our, you know, our in-person conference. Yes, it's, it really opens it up for more people to be able to attend. And I'm sure as we go through our conversation today and we start getting into all the mysteries of mushrooms, uh, people will be even more and more excited about being able to attend your virtual conference. So, and like I said, we're going to talk about like some of the workshops and that type of thing that you have going on um, Mm -hmm. a little bit later in the show. But for now, let's start talking about the mushrooms themselves. And I think where I want to start for the beginning is to talk about the nutritional values of mushrooms. Now, I knew I was aware that mushrooms are a good source of vitamin D, but when you and I were talking and we were preparing for this interview, you just opened up so much more information to me that I was not aware of when it Mm -hmm. comes to vitamin D as a source. Um, So let's start there. Okay. Well, first off, the vitamin D thing is really curious about how it is that mushrooms come to have a high vitamin D content in that just as we go out in the sun and our bodies convert um, the sunlight on our skin to vitamin D, the mushrooms do the same thing. So it's exposure to light that actually allows them to convert um, the sunlight into vitamin D in their bodies, and then we eat them and it makes it, you know, available to us. And one of the things about vitamin D, it also is a fat-soluble nutrient. So the fact that most people like to cook their mushrooms in a lot of butter is actually a really wonderful thing because vitamin D is fat-soluble. And so what happens when you cook a fat-soluble vitamin in fat, it makes uh, our bodies more easily able to assimilate 
um, the um, nutrient from the food. So that's a vitamin D piece. And then mushrooms are a protein source, which is really wonderful as well. And they're immune boosting. Um, from an herbalist perspective, we talk about them being adaptogenic, which means they help us deal with stress. Um, most mushrooms have some cancer-fighting properties. And in China, they have, and other Asian countries as well, uh, about 100 mushrooms are approved to utilize a long conventional um, treatment for cancer treatment. And so, and you know, of course, different mushrooms for different types of cancer. And so what we see is that um, mushrooms are being utilized for food and for medicine um, around the world. And in many other countries, especially Asian countries, more um, easily than in this country, we have a lot of fear of mushrooms. It's an interesting thing to talk to people and people say either fear or people say they don't like them because maybe they haven't had them prepared in a way that's palatable. And, you know, I'm sure we'll get into that. There's lots of ways to cook and prepare mushrooms and prepare them so that these nutrients are more easily assimilated into our body. That's a big part of my work as an herbalist that I'm really interested in is how do we make things bioavailable so that the body really can assimilate them well and we can be well nourished. Well, it, it is, there is so many things that you just said that I want to get into deeper even. But mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that I want to go back to as far as vitamin D goes is you had some really good tips for me when we were talking about how we can get even more vitamins, uh, vitamin D in. And sure. especially when, um, you know, there we want to, of course, get the best quality vitamins that are, I'm sorry, mushrooms that we can. So mm -hmm. if we're able to get you know, locally grown or organically grown mushrooms, that's great. But you said that there's even ways that we can do it with things, with the mushrooms that we buy in the store. Right. And one important thing to know about some of the mushrooms that we buy in the store, like, you know, your regular button mushroom, they too will have nutrients. So I don't dissuade people from eating those. But one of the things is um, commercially, they grow those mushrooms in the dark. So what happens when they grow them in the dark, then they haven't been exposed to light. So then the vitamin D content either isn't going to be there or it won't be very high. So what people can do is just take a bowl of those mushrooms and put them in a sunny window or even put them out in the sun for an hour or two um, and then allow those mushrooms to convert vitamin D. And it will do that even if you um, put them out in the sun that way. So that amazing? That is just kind of an amazing fact, too. <laughs> it totally is amazing. I mean, one of the things, and, you know, as I started learning about mushrooms, a lot of mushroom people will say mushrooms are more similar to humans than plants. And we have a lot in common. So, like, the fact that they convert vitamin D is very similar. Another thing is that mushrooms actually have enzymes on the outside of their um, fruit. So the mushroom that we see that comes out of the ground is called a fruit, called the fruit of the mushroom. And so, because the mushrooms have um, mycelium, which is their root system, but the fruit itself has a lot of enzymes that actually eventually break down the mushroom itself. <laughs> and so, um, 
which it's really interesting because we have enzymes throughout our digestive system on the inside that break down our food. And so mushrooms are, we always say mushrooms are us turned outside and we're, we're turned inside. But this mechanism of enzyme activity to break down our food source is similar. So those are two similarities that our um, organisms, humans and mushrooms, have in common. <laughs> And you were saying, again, kind of going back to earlier even, uh, you were saying, you know, mushrooms are a really good source of protein. Right. And so for people who are vegans, a lot of the times they'll they'll eat um, mushrooms as one of their protein sources. Right, right. But it's great for all of us. And protein has yes. so many benefits for for the body. One of our favorite ways of eating mushrooms, of course, is just sauteed with some butter and onions and thyme little bit of pepper. That's a great way to do it. But you were also sharing about a pate, which we yes. are all on board with this pate. <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> yes. I love to make pates out of mushrooms. And my favorite mushroom to make it, you can do it with any mushroom, but my favorite are shiitakes because they just have so much rich flavor. And you could do a blend too. You could do a medley of mushrooms and make a pate. So really any mushroom that you have, but shiitakes just lend nice flavors. So basically when I make a pate, I'm just like you are, I'm sauteing the mushrooms in butter and in uh, with onions or chives or thyme, you know, any of the herbs that I have available. And this time of year, of course, all the fresh herbs from the garden are great. If, you know, if it's winter, you could utilize, um, you know, other herbs that you might have. And then I personally always put a little bit of tamari in at the end. Tamari just adds a richer flavor and brings out the flavor of the mushroom more fully. And so, um, the pate, then I just take all of that and mix it in the blender, and that's my pate. If I want, I can add a little bit of cream. Sometimes I will add a little bit of cultured cream to that. Um, and so that is the pate, and you could add anything to it, really. And then I actually put that, in, I'll make a lot of it when I have a lot of mushrooms, because this time of the year, shiitakes, for example, are fruiting pretty abundantly. Um, and so I'm able to cook a lot of them. And I'll put that pate in a little four ounce jar in the freezer. So not only am I eating it right when I make it, I have it available for other times. And it I... freezes up nicely and easy yes. to... And especially in little jars. Um, I find, you know, people will try to freeze things in plastic and a lot of times it, it affects the food, the freezer burn or taste. But if I put it in little four ounce canning jars, um, it's the perfect portion, first of all, many times, or if I am going to a larger group gathering, I might take more than one jar, but just, um, you know, I can have one jar and pour it out, pull it out of the freezer and it's ready to go. That's wonderful. Well, when we come back, we're going to continue to talk, have our conversation about mushrooms. And for those who want to learn more about the work that Linda does, visit moonwiseherbs.com. And to learn more about the Mycelium Mysteries Conference and to register, visit midwestwomensherbal.com. To read the online version of Natural Awakenings Magazine, visit naturaltwincities.com. You can find a podcast of this show on am950radio.com, on Apple and Google Podcasts, and anywhere you get your podcasts. 
You're listening to Green Tea Conversations on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, and we will be right back. Conversations, where we delve into the pages of Natural Awakenings magazine and talk to the professionals who share their expertise on natural health with you. I'm your host, Candy Brothel, and we are talking today with Linda Conroy, the owner of Moonwise Herbs in Stoughton, Wisconsin, and founder of the Midwest Women's Herbal Conference. So happy to have you with us today, Linda. Thank you for being Thank here. You. I'm <laughs> glad to be here. It's wonderful to talk with you. So before the break, we were talking about some of the nutritional benefits of mushrooms, and uh, you were giving us some tips on cooking mushrooms, that type of thing. But one of the things that I wanted to ask you to talk about, something that a lot of people don't know, myself included, was um, whether or not we should eat mushrooms raw. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, Eating mushrooms raw will upset your stomach. And especially if you eat a lot of them raw. And so there's a compound in mushrooms called chitin that causes digestive distress. And so when you cook the mushroom, that actually dissipates the chitin and breaks it down. So it's digestible and it's like a cellulose and so, and it protects the mushroom. So it's on the outside of the mushroom. And so when you cook it, that breaks it down and then you can um, digest it. But if you ate it raw, you would have trouble digesting it and it would upset your stomach. And different mushrooms have different amounts of chitin, but they all have it. So even button mushrooms, I know people eat them on salad bars, but actually they really should be cooked. And so that's something to be aware of. And one thing about chitin that's interesting is, I mean, it's, it's kind of tough because it protects the mushroom in the natural world. And so just a little aside that every time I, I learn something new about mushrooms, I'm just fascinated. They're actually making like fibrous material from chitin because it's kind of, it's tough. And so I think that's really interesting. Like from an environmental standpoint, we have this substance in mushrooms that can be used to make biodegradable packaging and things like that. So um, yes, we, don't, that's amazing. we don't want to be eating that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's really interesting because I think, you know, we hear so often eating your vegetables raw, not overcooking them, that type of thing that you kind of think that's the best way to do it. So I really wanted our listeners to know eating raw mushrooms can upset your stomach and might even make you feel like I don't want to eat mushrooms anymore. You know, it's not something that does well for my body. And along those lines, just something I often think of and I encourage my students to think about if you're introducing somebody to a food for the first time, like a mushroom, a, a food that people are a little skeptical about, you really want to make it 
palatable, you want to make it taste good, you want them to have a positive experience. And so preparing the mushroom in a way that, um, you know, makes them feel good and that it tastes good, it's really important. And I know sometimes people think I'm really picky about that, but if you think about a food that you ate that didn't taste good or that was off, sometimes when you even think about that food, you don't feel well. <laughs> so it's, it feels super important to me. I want people to be um, friendly toward mushrooms. They're just they're so amazing and they have so much to offer and so i want people to have positive experience yes yes let's have good experiences the first time so we'll come <laughs> yeah. back and try it again exactly. so one of the things that you also mentioned earlier was um that mushrooms have an adaptogen um effect mm -hmm. with them um yeah. which is really good for stress and so mm -hmm. let's talk a little bit more about that how can people use mushrooms with to help with stress Sure. So first of all, uh, I'm an herbalist and in the herbal world, there's a category of herbs called adaptogens and adaptogens do really, I, I always think they say what they do. They have to help us adapt <laughs> to stress um, and often to extreme stress or to foundational stress, not so much situational stress, but stress that really um, is taxing and that's taking a toll on a person, you know, because we all deal with a little bit of stress in life and sometimes that's even helpful you know yes. <laughs> but like with our current situation with a pandemic and social unrest you know a lot of us are dealing with undue stress i mean stress beyond what our organisms can can tolerate and so adaptogens help the body to tolerate more stress <clears throat> oh, excuse me sorry um and so mushrooms have adaptogenic qualities the vast majority of mushrooms do and then they also often have an affinity for a certain um part of the body which often herbs or mushrooms do if we're looking at them more from a lens of uh, tonics or medicine and so um like for example reishi mushroom has an affinity for the lungs and it's an adaptogen. So with COVID-19, it just makes sense that as a, um, a, pro, a prophylactic or preventative strategy for supporting our bodies with stress, which is gonna make our bodies more vulnerable, our immune system, if we have you know, extreme stress, that we, and, and then the fact that COVID-19 affects the lungs in many cases, that we might bring reishi mushroom in either as a um, tincture, which is an alcohol extract, or some people will make a tea or a decoction. It's very strong tasting, so some people <laughs> don't love that mushroom. So, so we can be really specific with our adaptogens, and then really all mushrooms have some adaptogenic qualities to them. So even just ingesting or eating whatever mushrooms you have available to you is gonna be helpful, but then we also can be targeted. Um, and like there's a mushroom called lion's mane, which has been shown to really help with brain fog if people are dealing with any kind of um, cognitive issues associated with, um, so we, we even see with COVID-19, we're even seeing some people, have, that's one of the symptoms some people are experiencing, or I work with a fair number of people with Lyme disease and Lyme disease, people tend to have brain fog. So lion's mane mushroom is a really incredible um, remedy um, and tonic uh, for that. And, you know, it's also gonna have some adaptogenic 
qualities. So mushrooms, whether we bring them in as medicine or just eat a lot of them, um, we're going to get some of that adaptogenic qualities. And so for people who are looking for lion's mane, they could, you actually have that tincture in your store on your website? Yep. Make that available. I have a couple different mushrooms uh, extracts available for people. Mm -hmm. Right. Another one that you have that you were telling me about is turkey tail. Yes. And turkey tail specifically has been shown to be helpful with some types of cancer and specifically um, with uh, endocrine system related cancers. So I know um, Paul Stamets, who is um, a mycologist and founder of a company called Fungi Perfecti, his mother was dealing with um, breast cancer and along with conventional treatment was taking turkey tail mushroom and Um, is in remission today. So um, he tells that story a lot. That is just really interesting. So for people who want to learn more about the work that Linda does, visit moonwiseherbs.com. And to learn more about the Mycelium Mysteries Conference and to register, visit midwestwomensherbal.com. To read the online version of Natural Awakenings Magazine, visit naturaltwincities.com. You can find a podcast of this show on am950radio.com, on Apple and Google Podcasts, and anywhere you get your podcasts. You're listening to Green Tea Conversations on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, and we will be right back. back to Green Tea Conversations, where we delve into the pages of Natural Awakenings Magazine and talk to the professionals who share their expertise on natural health with you. I'm your host, Candy Broffel, and today we're talking with Linda Conroy, the owner of Moonwise Herbs in Stoughton, Wisconsin, and founder of the Midwest Women's Herbal Conference. So just before the break, Linda, we were starting to talk about some of the healing properties of mushrooms. And the different tinctures and and, um, things that you have available. And so we wanted to kind of continue on that conversation. And you wanted to share with us some other aspects of the healing aspects. Right. Well, um, one thing I just, as you just said that, maybe I should mention what a tincture is. Yeah, that would be great. Because, um, you know, I'm an herbalist and I kind of assume because I know, (laughs) but then I get reminded that maybe people don't know. So a tincture is an alcohol extract generally. And so we steep the either herb or mushroom in alcohol for a period of time and it breaks down the cell walls and it releases the medicine into um, what we call a menstruum. The alcohol would be a menstruum. And so there are different ways to prepare these things like mushrooms. They're water soluble and alcohol soluble aspects. And so I personally utilize um, 50% alcohol, which it's so then it's 50% water. So I'm extracting both the water and the alcohol soluble aspects that are healing. And then you strain that plant material or mushroom out and you then ingest a little bit of the 
alcohol with water in, and I usually put it in a little water when I drink it. I don't just squirt it in my mouth. Um, I've been advised that putting uh, alcohol in your soft tissue over and over again is a bad idea, and I agree. <laughs> so I see a lot of people doing that, and it's really better to take it in a little water or in a little tea. If you're drinking tea, you can put it in a little tea. Um, and it's a really easy way, too, to preserve um, the mushroom medicine and to um, ingest it if we're taking it as a tonic or as a um, medicine. The thing is, I want to say that the nutritional value is not going to be as readily available, number one. And number two, you can't ingest enough tincture to get like a lot of a significant amount of vitamin D, for example. Okay. So you really need to cook it and you need to eat them as well as possibly take the tinctures. The tinctures are more for as a tonic, as what we were talking about in adaptogenic quality. We'll get those things, but we're not going to get the nutrition or the protein. So we want to eat them as well. So don't ever underestimate. You never have too much mushrooms. No, not my opinion. <laughs> I actually um, often tell people eat mushrooms every day, if not every meal. So <laughs> I'm a big fan. And, you know, I mean, I play so much with um, cooking them. And um, I guess I would just mention um, one of my favorite meals to make, which I actually made um, earlier in the week, are mushroom french fries. And so I slice oh. up my shiitakes like the size of a French fry and I, um, you know, just deep fry them and put a little marinara sauce on top of them. And it's just delicious. So, so eat your mushrooms. And I think if you have all these versatile ways to prepare them and then it doesn't get, you know, boring or, you know, you don't get sick of them because you're. And you're, so, at the conference, that's one of the things that you do at, with the virtual conference, right? Is you do some cooking classes? Yes, we have some cooking demos that'll be at the virtual event. And I'm doing a class on mushrooms in the kitchen and apothecary. And it's an hour and a half class. So I'll go more in depth with these um, things where we'll be, I'll actually have some examples and do a little bit of demoing and, you know, talking to people how in more specific ways about how to prepare them and cook them and, um, and put them up and store them as well, because that's the other thing is, you know, we can put them up in a tincture, put them up in vinegar, we can dry them, and then we can make broths. I mean, there's just so many things, ways that we can prepare them and have them uh, readily available in our kitchen as pretty, pretty much making it a staple, them a staple since, you know, my agenda for healing and health is to get them into everybody's kitchen and have them be there as a readily available uh, part of everyone's diet. Well, and I think that I, I can't wait to attend that class actually. So I'm looking forward nice. to doing that. And we yeah. are also going to be in the uh, September issue, we're going to be offer, uh, having an article that you're helping us write and we're mm -hmm. going to have the recipe uh, for the pate. Right. You can look out for the September issue of Natural Awakenings to get that pate recipe. Yes. Well, one of the things that's really important for people or uh, that I think they're really interested in is foraging for mushrooms. So um, I know you have some really good information for us when it comes to foraging. Yes. Um, I'm an avid forager. It's a big part of my life. I always joke that I, um, you know, I'm an herbalist and everybody, 
imagines I have this incredibly, you know, neat, careful garden. And I'm like, well, I have a garden, but <laughs> I like to leave leaves and mushrooms grow in my garden. A lot of things people might pull out. And then I do like to go out into the field and forest and harvest. And mushrooms are definitely a big part of that for me. So um, we at my Sailing Mysteries, we're going to have a lot of classes that go into depth about um, foraging. But just a couple things for people to think about is that you do want to be mindful when you go out and forage something obviously you want to have good identification skills you want to make sure that you're um, you know when you harvest something you're positive it, especially if you're going to eat it um, or incorporate it for medicine that you have the correct thing because they're obviously I think it's one of the reasons people are nervous is there are mushrooms who, that can kill you. So you want to really make sure your identification skills are solid. And I always say people need to do dirt time. So it's not a bad idea to go out into the field and go with curiosity, not with an intention to eat necessarily. Because when you're first, especially if you're just starting out, going and observing and looking at all the, the details, getting yourself a really good book, and if people are very new to foraging mushrooms, there's a good book called Start Mushrooming. And it's written by a man named Stan Tequila. He lives here in Wisconsin, actually. And it's a great little book. He has what he calls the safe sex mushrooms. And he has a checklist of all the identifying characteristics you want to notice about the mushrooms before you would make any decisions about what you're going to do with it. And then he also, and any good mushroom book will tell you this, you want to do what we call is a, take a spore print of the mushroom. So you turn it upside down on a piece of paper. Usually we use um, like a half dark and half light paper. You turn it upside down, you collect the spores. And when you've identified a mushroom, the last identifying characteristic is the color of the spore. Because, you know, and the spores are what plants the mushrooms. So you're looking at what color they are and they'll be, they'll be brown or, or sometimes they're olive color or white. And so you want to really look at the mushrooms. So the biggest thing about foraging is paying attention to detail is what I always tell people. And we're, we're actually not very good at that because our attention spans can be, you know, scattered and, you know, and, you know, with the computer, like we, we, we kind of lose it. So, sometimes people want to rely on um, an app on their phone and I have to tell you I have used apps just to test them and I've had them come up wrong uh, for some plants or mushrooms that I've looked at so please do not rely on apps for your identification it might be a backup if you already know how to identify things just to get more information but I wouldn't use it if you're a brand new mushroom forager get a good book there are other good books for your area. You can find books specific to your area or go out with a, you know, a well-experienced forager and make sure you learn the details that you're looking for. And it's fun. Don't, like once you start doing it, it's really fun because you first thing you go to a mushroom and you turn it upside down and go, does this mushroom have gills? And most people think all mushrooms have gills and they don't. Some mushrooms have pores, some are flat on the bottom and, you know, don't have, you know, shelf mushrooms are smooth. And so then you start noticing all this detail and you start going, wow, mushrooms are way more fascinating to look at <laughs> than I ever thought. And, you know, 
people have throughout time illustrated mushrooms. People love to draw them. And one fascinating fact that I learned years ago that just blew me away is Beatrix Potter, the famous author, children's mm-hmm. author. She was a mycologist and she has botanically correct drawings of mushrooms that are just spectacularly beautiful. And so, you know, she was paying attention to detail. When you draw something, you have to pay attention to detail. Yes. So my students, actually, my apprentice students, they draw plants and mushrooms. I have them go out in the field and you, ca- you have to pay attention to detail. And so that's what you do with mushrooms because, I, you know, I had shared this quote with you before and I just think it really tells the story is there are old mushroom hunters and bold mushroom hunters, but there are no old, bold mushroom hunters. <laughs> <laughs> so be careful. and I think it is more be mindful because I don't want people we don't need to be afraid of mushrooms just because you sit with a mushroom and draw it and maybe even you know move it and touch it a little bit that's not gonna hurt you it's if you make a decision to ingest it and so then we only make a decision to ingest something if we're confident and over time we can build the skills to be confident and that's why I offer conferences and apprenticeships and workshops because I want people to feel confident and to enjoy being out in nature not being afraid of it and so mushrooms tend to have this mystery around them and people feel nervous but if you develop these skills and invest in your own knowledge you you'll feel confident and you won't be afraid. And you also, so during the conference, you have classes on mushroom identification. Yes, we do. And we are going to offer a introductory basic um, identification as well as a more advanced identification workshop. So there'll be two different workshops. And one of the things is, on, in our in-person event, of course, we do forays and we actually go out in the field and we'll be doing that in the future. But with the online event, which I think is kind of cool, actually, we're going to be really specific about the things I just said. What do you look for? What questions do you want to ask yourself? How can you look at this mushroom and set it up? What books are going to be really helpful? What are some of the ways you can use the books? So the ID workshops online are going to give people really good solid tools for when they get out there in the field. So I'm super excited about how we're putting this together. Yes, that is very exciting. So for people who want to learn more about what Linda does, visit moonwiseherbs.com. And to learn more about the Mycelium Mysteries Conference and to register, visit midwestwomensherbal.com. To read the online version of Natural Awakenings magazine, visit naturaltwincities.com. You can find a podcast of this show on am950radio.com, on Apple and Google Podcasts, and anywhere you get your podcasts. You're listening to Green Tea Conversations on AM950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, and we will be right back. Welcome back to Green Tea Conversations, where we delve into the pages of Natural Awakenings Magazine and talk to the professionals who share their expertise on natural health with you. 
I'm your host, Candy Braffle, and today we're talking with Linda Conroy, the owner of Moonwise Herbs in Stoughton, Wisconsin, and founder of the Midwest Women's Herbal Conference. So just before the break, Linda, you were starting uh, to tell us about foraging. We were getting into the foraging aspects with mushrooming. Um, But the other thing that I wanted to touch on in our uh, kind of the short amount of time we have left here is Mm -hmm. to talk about remediation and micro remediation that can be done with mushrooms. Yeah, so it's called micro-remediation, and basically mushrooms can be utilized to clean up the environment. Mushrooms are decayers. They break things down, and we can see it in the woods. They break down wood. They break down cellulose. They're constantly, that's what they do. They grow. They come up. They break things down, and so they can be put into an environmental um space where there's been environmental contamination or some type of, um, you know, chemical spills and oyster mushrooms in particular can clean those up. You can grow them on those sites. And there's been some research done to show that they actually will um, grow in a space. They'll um, absorb the chemicals in their bodies and transform them. And then the space will be cleaned up and lots of other growth will happen there, you know, plant life will come back, animal life, and then you'll um, study the mushroom and examine it and the chemicals are gone. They're not in the mushroom's fruiting body. That is so It is amazing. And that's why a lot of people are trying to do research to look at this, to look to mushrooms to be something that can help us to clean up the environment and transform um, the, you know, damage that we've done to the earth. And it's um, really, it's, it's cutting edge. It's exciting. Um, it's something actually we've known for a fair amount of time. So, you know, it really, it, is something that I think would be good for people to look into more and be more aware of. You know, the more that we talk and preparing for this interview and now having this interview with you, I'm just falling more and more in love with mushrooms. Yes, that's what happened. (laughs) I started a whole conference because I started learning. (laughs) (laughs) Because we love mushrooms and we want more. Let's talk about the conference. Um, The conference is called the 4th Annual Mycelium Mysteries Conference, which is being held September 25th through the 27th. So it's over a week, starting Mm -hmm. on Friday evening and then going through Sunday. Yes, actually Friday afternoon and then, yes. Okay, perfect. Friday afternoon. And it's offered for the very first time as a virtual event. And now what a great time to do this. We're still all kind of trying to maintain our social distancing, but wanting to learn new things. And this is a great opportunity to be able to do that. Now, I know you guys have some really incredible uh, keynote speakers. We do. Um, We have a woman, Juliana um, Fucci. She is from Chile, and she's the first mycologist, a female mycologist in Chile. So our conference is um, called Mycelium Mysteries, and it is a women's um, mushroom conference. And so for the virtual conference, we say um, that we're women-run, women-powered, women-taught, women-led. So it doesn't mean other people can't come, but the, the focus is that women are holding the space for this conversation. And so we're really excited about having her. She's going to talk about women in mycology and like the history of women in mycology and um, look at things like I spoke earlier about Beatrix Potter and, you know, all these different women historic 
actively and presently who are engaged in the mushroom world. And we also um, have invited a speaker who is a, an author of a book called Walk in the Woods. And she um, is, um, her first name is Loon, and she is going to be talking about her book. And the book is based on her learning about mushrooms while she was grieving the loss of her husband and how she mushrooms really helped her through her grieving process. And it's a really beautiful book, and she's going to read from her book and talk about that. And then we have a woman, her name's Marita um, Vagachi, I believe that's how you pronounce it. Sorry if I mispronounced it. But she, on Saturday night, she's going to be talking about um, plants and mushrooms and the mushrooms and plants that um, she's calling them the destroyers, but ones that are transformative in our mindset. There's a lot of research being done now on mushrooms and psilocybin mushrooms for um, dealing with depression and transitioning and transforming um, mental health issues or stress or anxiety. These, there's research projects being done um, at universities, um, John Hopkins particularly, and there's a whole history around the utilizing these mushrooms for healing, not for um, recreational use, uh, you know, more for like specific support and healing and being responsible around it. And so she's going to talk about that and the history of that. So we have three, those are our three featured speakers. And then we have, you know, um, 16 workshops in addition to those featured speakers. So tell us about some of the workshops. So we know you're having some cooking workshops and some identification workshops for foraging. What are some of the other things that are happening? Some workshops on um, um, mushrooms in clinical practice. So um, practitioners who are actually utilizing them in their practice. Um, tools of, and tricks of the trade. So just like lots of good tools and tricks. Um, growing and farming mushrooms. So how to incorporate them into your garden or your farm. Um, because that's a really nice adjunct for a lot of people um, for their personal use or for their farming endeavors. Um, so, you know, growing, making medicine. Um, also um, dyeing fibers with mushrooms. Mushrooms create incredible colors for dyeing wool and other fibers. So we have a woman who is a world-renowned expert on that topic. So we, we're covering a lot of bases and we have um, workshops also. I talked about how um, the mushrooms are decayers and so we see this life death, um, life nature of mushrooms. So we have a woman who's um, a a death doula who attends deaths and holds space for people. She's going to be talking about that. And so there's a whole lot of both practical mushroom information as well as like more esoteric and spiritual endeavors as well. And people will be able to choose from the, what type of uh, workshops they'd like to attend. So how much is the workshop? How much is it to attend? Yes, yeah, so we have two different price ranges. One is um, the basic package, which is $99. You can come for the whole weekend. And then we have uh, a package that's $140 that'll come with recordings of the event. So that you can go back and listen to them at a later date as right. well. Right, yes, yes. 
Oh, that's so wonderful. So I know there's so many other things I would love to get into, but we are at the end of our show. I do want to let people know you also have vendors who will be attending, and so there'll yes. be virtual vendor events. And, and they'll offer discounts. and <laughs> so, yeah. Awesome. To learn more about the work that Linda does, visit moonwiseherbs.com. To learn more about the Mycelium Mysteries Conference and to register, visit midwestwomensherbal.com. Thank you for joining our conversation as we awaken to natural health. To read the online edition of Natural Awakenings magazine or to check out our complete calendar of events, visit naturaltwincities.com. You've been listening to Green Tea Conversations on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, and I am wishing for you a lovely day. Lovely day, lovely day, lovely day, lovely day, lovely day.